This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Next, we are taking up the cause of a listener on the issue of survivors' pension benefits. Now, do you think you're entitled to your wife or your husband's pension if you marry after retirement? Well, you aren't necessarily. Elizabeth Heinbuck Dawn is married to a teacher, a retired teacher, who paid in throughout his professional career, and she believes it's unfair that she is not entitled to his pension should he predecease her. Elizabeth is on the line from Paris, Ontario. Welcome, Elizabeth. Hi there. How are you? Fine. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. Okay, so tell us your story. Well, um, my husband, as you said, is a retired school teacher, and uh, all during his uh, career, he paid uh, benef- he paid uh, deductions from his salary to provide a survivor's pension for his spouse. Uh, unfortunately, his uh, first spouse uh, passed away. So um, a few years later, he met me, and by the time he met me, he uh, was retired. And we subsequently ended up getting married. So he uh, said, well, you know, I'll, I'll uh, see about getting the, my survivor's pension, appointing you to it. So he found out when he investigated it that uh, the uh, Ontario Teachers uh, Pension Plan uh, de- denies uh, survivor's pensions to any spouses of retired teachers uh, if they, when they remarry after they've uh, retired. Okay, um, and uh, you did some checking into this, and uh, yeah. that's not necessarily the case elsewhere, right? Well, that's the thing. I mean, the majority of Canada's provinces do not deny teachers post-retirement spouses their, their pension. And uh, in 1991, the Ontario Municipal Employees Retirement System, that, that's OMERS, they changed their plan in the interest of fair and equitable treatment of its members uh, they used to uh, do that, but I mean, gosh, they haven't done it for 25 years. So, you know, it's it's time for the OTPP to uh, get get with everybody else here. Okay, well, um, we tried to get somebody from the Ontario Teachers Pension Plan. They would not make anyone available to talk about this, but they directed us to their website, uh, which outlines their policy, and this is what it said. It says, uh, if you enter into a marriage or common law relationship after receiving receiving your first pension payment, your new spouse is not automatically entitled to a survivor pension. You Mm -hmm. must apply and take a reduction to your pension. The reduction can be significant. In addition, there must not be a previous spouse eligible for a survivor pension. A former Mm -hmm. spouse may also be entitled to a portion of your survivor benefit if specified in a court order or separation agreement. So Mm -hmm. did you get in touch with them and see about this about taking yeah. a reduction? Yes, and, and the pension reduction was, was significant. It was close to 50%. 
of what my husband's uh, current pension is. And the thing is that he paid all of this money into uh, from his wages while he was working into this fund, so that money is his. I mean, the thing is that, um, uh, like, uh, it's it's not going to cost anybody, whether it's taxpayers or uh, the teachers who are currently working or anyone else, it's not going to cost them anything because this is his money that he has already paid into that plan while he was working. It's it's just like if you paid into a bank account and then you want, went to the bank and said, okay, I want my I want my money out of my bank account. And they said, well, no, you can't have it. Well, it's not exactly like that because it's a pool. Now, is anyone else, does he have children who might be eligible for the survivor benefit? No. No. So uh, so they said a 50%. And did they ex- explain? Now, I'm assuming that he started drawing the pension before you got married and that's part of the issue. Yeah, he was all yeah, he was retired and and already taking his own pension by the time uh, we got married. <clears throat> right. So he's getting the full amount now. He's he's getting his his pension, but that doesn't have anything to do with the survivor's pension that he paid into. That's a that was a separate fund. Mm-hmm. That he paid into. And uh, did they explain why you'd have to take such a big uh reduction? It's their rule. It's the rule. Yeah. And uh, did did you change? Did he change? Did he designate you as the beneficiary anyway? Sort of better than nothing. Uh, the, well, you, uh, as far as I know, you can't just uh, designate somebody a beneficiary for it because it's just not there. It's just it's just denied. There are other people that um, now, like b- because my husband is still alive, but there are other people that. Uh, their husbands have uh, passed away, or, or, or husband or wife, their spouse has passed away, and uh, because they were their second, you know, they, they re- those spouses remarried uh, after they retired. Their spouses, their second spouses, have been uh, denied the pension that they had paid into all of those years, the survivor's pension that they had uh, had deductions taken from their wages. Right, and they just they just deny them, and those those people uh, that are survivors, they have have no pension. Okay, but what I'm asking you is this: that according to their rules here, that you can apply to have you recognized as a beneficiary, and uh, um, you said the the reduction is fifty percent. But I'm assuming that the fifty in the meantime, the fifty percent is better than nothing, right? Well, not really, because um, like my that's that's fifty percent. My husband, whatever he's making now, he has to take a he would have to take a fifty percent uh, reduction of his current. Pension. Oh, I see. So he yeah. would he, to, by changing the survivor benefit, his benefits would be reduced as well. That's that's right. Yeah, yeah. Wow. The amount of money that he's getting right now would be uh, reduced by 50%, or it's a, if it's not 50%, it's, it's very close to 50%. And then besides that, the pension that then I would then qualify for would not be the full pension that had he married me before uh, uh, he retired. It would be also be a, a reduced amount of that, too. So you know, they're, 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 getting, they're getting more of it, no matter, no matter which way you do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, have you been speaking to other people in the same situation? Yes, there there is there is a group of people, 
um, that uh, get together. Uh, actually, they're having their annual general meeting this this uh, this week, and uh, they are all people that are in the same same uh, situation. They either either their spouse has already passed away, and uh, they are they are have been uh, denied a pension, or else they are like me. Their their spouse is still alive, but because their spouse because they re, they married after uh, the the teacher spouse was retired, why they just are have been de- denied the pension. They will not get it when their spouse passes away. Okay, um, are you familiar with uh, in the other jurisdictions where this was changed? Uh, are you familiar with? What happened before the change? Was there a politician who took up a cause? Was there anything uh, like that? I, I don't. I don't know how how the, how they went about it. Uh, I know that uh, politicians that they are supposed to be, um, you know, uh, unbiased about uh, some things. So I I don't know whether they uh, just you know did a petition or whether just the uh, the their their plan just said, oh, geez, yeah, we need to update this or what, I don't know. Uh, and have you tried to um, get in touch with politicians? I mean, do you have a strategy for trying to change this? Uh, yes, I do. I have, uh, well, I contacted my MPP, who just happens to be the Speaker of the House, uh, Dave Lavac, uh-huh. and his office uh, told me that um, because they're, like, he is a politician, that he cannot get involved in these kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And really? so what I have been doing is I have been, um, I have turned to social media, and of course I have a change.org uh, petition. Mm-hmm. Now I just started it, and uh, so um, people can go to uh, that uh, petition and sign it, and I'm hoping to get uh, a few thousand um, signatures from that. And uh, another thing that I've done is I uh, have gone onto Twitter and I post uh, to all of the media outlets every day and not just the generalized media outlets, but also to um, different writers that uh, are interested that that write about uh, these kinds of issues and, and that kind of thing. And I have also contacted so far uh, one blogger who writes about human rights in his blog. He's a human rights lawyer, and I'm hoping that he will... Uh, I, actually, I just sent him an email today, but um, I'm hoping that uh, he will take an interest in it. So I'm I'm just, you know, making noise everywhere and, uh, you know, seeking, seeking some uh, attention about this, because people don't know about it otherwise, other than people that are actually affected by it. Even a lot of the teachers that are teaching right now um, they wouldn't even know about it because, you know, you you know when you're young and you're working, you just take for granted that oh, you're going to you live happily ever after, and you know your spouse isn't going to pass away uh, when they are still fairly young, and then as a result, you're going to end up getting married at, at remarried again at another time. So, you know, this kind of thing isn't really an important issue to them. Uh huh. It's also uh, do you, are you finding any uh, pushback? I mean. Teachers, uh, compared to uh, everybody else, uh, generally have pretty. They have pretty good pensions. Yeah. So, do you find any pushback because of that? Because people think, well, you know, those teachers really have it better than we do. Uh, yeah, that's. I, I think that uh, there's definitely that kind kind of attitude uh, from from some people. But 
but the the and and that's why I you know want to stress the fact that the, these survivors pensions they they are for the people that aren't first of all they are for people that aren't aren't even teachers and their husband or wife has paid into this fund and just just like just like anyone else pays in, into a fund to uh, get a, a survivor's pension for their spouse or or for themselves or whatever so you know it, it's not like this is being handed uh, on a platter to anyone and the teachers pensions like my my husband's own pension those teachers they get, get have a deduction from their wages so that when they retire that's where that money comes from that they are are paid so it's it's not like you're taking money from from taxpayers. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, and uh, again, is that is that a hurdle in terms of support because it is a you know a nice pension? I I would I wouldn't be surprised, but I uh, you know I I would like to think not. <laughs> I would like to think that people because this this issue it affects of course women mostly of course, just like so many things do that are unfair. And uh, it also affects seniors. And I mean, this is our most vulnerable sector of the population. And the thing is, with these uh, uh, spouses that, uh, you know, they're, they're, the teacher has passed away, and uh, because they remarried, and this uh, spouse does not receive their pension, um, you know, they they lose a significant amount of their income that was coming in. And I mean, we aren't, none of us are going backwards in time. So, you know, so if you're, you know, you're a senior too, and um, what are you supposed to do? Go out and get a job? I mean, it's not like you're 35 or you're going backwards in time and five years from now you're going to be 60 or something, you know. A lot of these people are um, unwell. A lot of them have mobility issues. And um, so they're unable to go just go out and, oh, oh, well, I'll just go out and get a job. It's, you know, it's not that simple. Okay. Um, I agree with you that it is definitely an issue of fairness. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's go to the phones. We have time for one call before we take a break and talk to a pension expert. Alex in Brampton. Oh, why is that not coming up? Um, I don't know if somebody... Oh, are Hello? you there, Alex in Brampton? Yes. Hello. Hello. Uh, let me just turn my radio off. Okay, yeah, that's a good idea. Hello? Is your radio off now? Alex in Brampton? Yeah, I, uh, I, I'm not with this lady uh, as to a survivor. My understanding would be that the survivor is described as to who is, in fact, a su- survivor, and she does not seem to qualify as a survivor. Well, she's clearly- the wife. She's Pardon? the wife. She's the guy's wife. Yeah, but that doesn't matter. The, the question is the survivorship. And under the rules, it appears to be that a survivor is the one that uh, when you retire, you, that's the survivor that you, in fact, have designated. And it clearly states that if, in fact, it's, uh, she predeceases or dies, and anyone after that uh, isn't entitled to it. So this lady is not entitled to that pension. Yeah, well, I guess the question is, should she be? I mean, you know... Uh, well, I don't I, think I've, so, because I think right. that uh, the pension is geared on the amount uh, of money that's been put in, and a survivor just doesn't go ad nauseum. I mean, take the situation where uh, at deathbed this uh, individual 
uh, says, well, uh, you know, somebody should marry me because they can get this pension. That'd be ridiculous. Yes, but I've been with my husband for 13 years, and other people have been well, married I understand for 25 that, but, uh, years. I mean, but, but this the isn't point a is grab here. But the point is, they gave you an outlet that's saying that if, in fact, you want to be a survivor under this policy, you've got to, he, uh, your husband, who is collecting the pension now, has to take uh, a reduction, and that then will go to you. But but why well, does he, be, uh, when, when uh, the, the, the money that he has put in for a survivor's pension is different from the money that he put in, uh, that he had deducted from his wages well, for well, his Well, even if, it, if that were the case, the question is, are you a survivor under the terms of the, the policy? And you don't appear to be. Well, well that's, I will be, she's, though. If she, he, but that's the whole point, if he predeceases me. But there are other people that are survivors that are affected by this. I mean, this isn't just about me. There are other people that are survivors of their spouses that who were teachers that now you're, you're that sure that the, away. Okay, there's uh, a different uh, amount that's put into a survivorship. Okay. Uh, anyway, that's that's the comment I have. Is that uh, I I think the the board is perfectly uh, uh, right in doing what they're doing. Okay. No, but that's my that's my husband's money. He and the well, same yeah, Okay, people, the, I have to the, jump in here. Terminates Excuse on me. No, no, Excuse no. me. I have to jump in here because we have to take a break. Uh, to summarize, Alex, uh, thanks for your call. So Alex uh, doesn't think you should be have a survivor's rights because you're the spouse. You think it's not fair that you don't. The number is 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And when we come back, we are going to talk to a lawyer who is a pension expert and uh, try to get a little more clarity on this whole issue. We'll be back after this. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Uh, we've been talking to Elizabeth Heinbuck Dawn about her issue with the Ontario Teachers Pension Plan. Elizabeth, thanks so much for sharing your story. Your petition is on our website, fightbackatzoomer.ca. And can I just say one thing about the, what the fellow there... That, oh, no, uh, no, 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 no. We're moving on oh. from that. Okay. We've, we've heard your story, and we hope that uh, we will be checking back and updating and see what's happening with okay. this issue. Thanks so much. Okay, well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Okay, good. Okay. Good luck to you. Okay, thank okay. you. Okay, and well, so the issue is that Elizabeth married her husband after he retired, and uh, she's not eligible for a survivor's benefit should he predecease her unless they take a big fat reduction to the pension that he paid in for his entire working life. So what about all these rules? On the line, we have Janice Steele, uh, who is a lawyer at Osler and an expert on pensions. Jana, welcome. Hi, thanks, Libby. Um, happy to be here. Thank you. So can you give us some clarity? Um, you know, uh, can the pension plan, can they just have any rule they want? Are there issues of fairness that come into play here? Well, uh, let's start off by I'm not going to speak specifically to teachers. I'll, I'll discuss the rules generally around survivor benefits. Right, exactly. We'll go back to the Pension Benefits Act, which is the standard in Ontario. And every 
province and every province in the country has its own pension standards legislation. There are some differences province to province, but a lot of the minimum standards are similar uh, in the provinces. So when we look at Ontario's Pension Benefits Act, and of course, teachers would be under Ontario's Pension Benefits Act, as are other plans in the province, workplace pension plans, um, you have a provisions dealing with joint and survivor pensions. So under the PBA, it provides that every pension that's paid to a retired member who has a spouse on the date that the payment of the first installment of the pension is due mm-hmm. shall be a joint and survivor pension. So the, the statute in Ontario mandates a survivor pension payable when you have a spouse on the date the first installment of the pension is due, and the amount of the surviving uh, pension is 60% for the surviving spouse, the, the one who you had at the time your pension commenced. Now, it's important because most of the time when the pension is calculated, so when you look at a defined benefit plan, and one of the things that struck me uh, in the earlier discussion was the, the lack of discussion about what a defined benefit plan means versus a defined contribution plan. So right. there was a discussion about you know the contributions being owed in the separate fund and whatever else. I mean, a defined benefit pension plan is a pooled vehicle. So all the members in it pool longevity, they pool investments, they pool it so you get this great, part of what gets you to the great benefit is that I don't save from my lifetime like I do in a DC plan. I don't say, okay, am I going to live to be 90 or am I going to live to be 65? How much do I need? If I live to be 65 and someone else lives to be 90, there's an averaging out there, right? So right. The, the math, the actuaries take the math into account and look at all of that. So coming back to the calculation of the survivor pension, it's done at the time that somebody starts their pension because generally speaking, there's an actuarial actuarial reduction that would be attached to the pension if it's joint and survivor. So if if I retire and I don't have a spouse, then my pension is going to be higher generally speaking, that if I retire and do have a spouse, because the actuary will take into account the fact that likely my spouse might be paid for a period of years and they're going to be getting a 60% pension after I die. And so it is in a pooled vehicle like this, it's about the math. I mean, that's what it's about, right? It's about the math, the law of averages, and, and all those things come into account. It's not a specific pool of money that one person pays into for his or her spouse. Okay. Uh, but then why is it that other jurisdictions have, have changed this? I, 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 most of the jurisdictions that I'm aware of, at least in the pension standards, and, and there might be some differences in some of their public sector plans, but generally speaking in pension standards, it's spouse at the time of death. Uh, sorry, at, not time of death, spouse at the time the pension commencements, pension commences. That's generally the way it goes. Okay. And then the reason is just the math, right? It, it comes down to, and it comes down to also, I think, Alex was one of the callers on there, and, and he made the, the right, the correct point of, you know, I have, I for example, have a grandfather who's a retired director of education. He'll be a hundred this summer, right? So my grandma passed away several years ago. So imagine if he decided to remarry now, and you know, somebody thirty years his junior. 
Then, right? <laughs> he's probably like, thinking about it. Yeah, maybe he's thinking about it, but it, it would then entitle that person, if there wasn't this rule, to a 60% joint and survivor pension, which, of course, is costly for the plan. I mean, in his case, the plan has already paid him a pension for more years than he worked, right? I mean, he's, he's an extreme example. He turns 100. But, you know, if you think about the cost of the plan and the math, it, it, it's not going to work. And so, I mean, another example of sort of, the, again, in extreme cases is there are still, there was a couple years ago a report in a U.S. newspaper uh, that the U.S. government was still paying two Civil War pensions to children of Civil War veterans, you know, despite the fact that that war ended in April of 1865. Wow. So, I mean, pension standards and terms and plans are put in place to try to, you know, sort of figure out, you know, the math, right? So if, if you're saying, okay, someone's going to, um, when, they re- when they retire, we know they have a spouse or they don't have a spouse. So we can put a, a number on what this is going to cost. Okay. I, I was not aware that the number, that the amount that you collect is different uh, whether or not you have a spouse. I'm, Generally, I'm assuming... there's an actuarial reduction that takes place. So normally... If you have a different optional form of pension or a different form of pension, there'll be an actuarial reduction. There doesn't have to be. You could have a pension where there's not. Some, some plans do provide a sort of a greater benefit. That's a greater benefit. But oftentimes there is an actuarial reduction applied. Okay, but say there isn't, and if, or say you have a spouse at retirement, your spouse dies, and then you marry somebody else subsequently. Um, how is that fair that if if the pension was there for one spouse that it's not there for another i mean it's again it's about the math okay <laughs> like it's, about, it's about the math and it's about somebody being able to do the calculations like an actuary i mean if you come down if every question of pensions came down to fairness it would be a really tough thing to administer and legislate there has to be there have to be rules and parameters around what a plan looks like and what it's going to cost. Because at the end of the day, you know, pensions are a pot of money, right? Like you have a money set aside to pay the liabilities under the plan. So what are those liabilities? And you have to be able to, you know, sort of match them up because it's not sort of a Pension as a plan isn't a bank. The math has to work and there has to be limitations. There has to be money to pay the benefits. The money comes from the contributions from the employees, also the employer, right? The employer pays into a plan. In some plans, it's just the employer paying in. In some plans, it's the employee and the employer paying in. And then whatever the investments return. So it's a pooled investment pooled plan. So then there, ha- there, have to be, there have to be rules because ultimately, if you don't have rules and you start saying, well, I can just remarry you know, whoever I want down the road and my, my grandfather can remarry the woman 30 years his junior, she can get a pension. It's going to come out somewhere else, right? It's going to be more contributions required you know, or someone's going to have to knock the lights out on investment returns to get the money. Okay. I mean, it was interesting. I, I was discussing this uh, informally on the weekend with uh, some friends of mine who are lawyers, and they kind of smiled no- knowingly and said, oh, well, this is the gold diggers clause. <laughs> yes, pretty much. <laughs> uh, and um, before we take some calls, Jana, do, is there any recourse? So can you say um, on the basis of fairness, this isn't fair and I want to fight this? Uh, is, is there any, are there any lawyers who would take up such a thing? I wouldn't. Um, I'm not <laughs> saying that there aren't any, but I mean, I understand why the rules are there. The rules are there 
to, I mean, pensions, coming back to what you had said earlier, even on the program, like lots of people don't have pensions. We want people to continue to be able to have good pensions and good defined pension, good defined benefit pensions. We want that out there. We want companies and the private sector to continue to provide them. We want the public sector plans to remain you know, generous, good, defined benefit plans. And so there has, there has to be parameters. I'm not an actuary, but I know, having spoken a lot in my career to actuaries, like the math comes into it. Okay, let's, uh, let's take a call. Uh, we've got Philip in Mississauga. Hi, Philip. Hello. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. Good. I, I, I just wanted to state a few facts. Um, I'm an OMERS retiree. Uh-huh. And, um, and there's one thing I, I would like to, I think I should correct the lady on the originally phoned in, is that OMERS did not change their rules. As far as I know, if my if I if I pass if my spouse passes away and I marry again, my second spouse would not be entitled to survivor benefits. So I think she got that wrong. Then oh. the second thing I wanted to state is that I agree with Janet. At the time of my retirement, my pension was calculated based on paying my surviving spouse, who was at the, uh, my spouse at the time of retirement. And if that pension is calculated based on that my spouse at that time and then I remarry, then there's definitely different rules that have to come into play and math have to be reworked, as Janet states. And I think the, the lady that phoned in, she's not locked out because they did say they would accommodate that, but when they did the math, they're saying that the husband has to take a 50% reduction. So I think that's fair because they have to do their actuarial calculations. And the third thing is, she didn't state this, but um, I did not, in my contributions to OMERS, I did not have a separate contribution to Survivor Fund, as far as I know. It's one contribution that I made to OMERS, and there was no specific Survivor's Fund, so I didn't know where she got that. And the, third, the fourth thing is, is that the calculations show that within five years of your retirement, you, you repaid all that you put into your retirement fund, including the interest that it was earned. So if her husband as uh, she, she's constantly harping on the fact that he put money to the fund. Well, if he's retired more than five years, generally he's collected all his money and the interest already. But that's, a, that's just a fact. It doesn't have a bearing on her question. But I just wanted to state those. Okay, those so you don't, you don't think she has much of a case or an issue? No, I don't think she does, because as Janet states, at the time that you retire, the actuaries calculate what your pension should be, given the fact that if you pass away, they have to pay your spouse. And that makes sense to me. And if, 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 you, if your spouse dies and you remarry, you have a different spouse, so that requires a different calculation. I mean, if I, if I, if, taking the case of Janice's grandfather, if he's 100 and he decided to marry a lady that was 25 years old, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and that's possible. She wouldn't be a gold digger at all. <laughs> well, well, that's right, you know. And look what would happen to the pension funds if that happened. And, and I thought about this, actually, when I retired and when I dug into you it. Thought, you thought you should get yourself a 25-year-old new wife? Yeah, and then, and then, and then I'll be able to get the, the best, the most I can out of Homer's. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense at all. But I think, I think the pension funds are fair. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a, you know, a fan of Homer's and these pension funds, but well, I think when you look at the math... They're pretty good they're... compared to what most people have. Thank yeah. you very much for your call. We're about to run out of time, Philip, so thanks for your call. You're welcome. And uh, Jana, we have uh, a little less than a minute left. Uh, what would you just like to say in closing, please? 
I think I'll reiterate what I said earlier, which was just along the lines of, you know, we have um, great defined benefit pensions still in this country in the public sector. We uh, are seeing, unfortunately, fewer in the private sector. I would like to see more in the private sector. And in order for those to to continue on, they have to also be affordable. So affordability has to come in. Cost is part of providing a pension, and the math is what drives the cost. So that's what I would say at the end of the day on the survivor issue. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.